All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. When he plays, he scores. You're a pouty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a beardo. See, si, senor, I would like the Pollo Ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. <laughs> All right, welcome to the latest edition of the FPL America podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Brian Chesco. Gentlemen, we've pulled out the uh, sleepy, sexy voices for this episode. Haven't today. done this in a while. And uh, sometimes you gotta you gotta go with the flow, Scott. <laughs> got what you gotta do. And when this podcast first originated, we recorded all of our episodes early in the morning. Right. Early in the morning, pre-work, uh, pre-dawn in most cases. Serious. And uh, and that was fine. Then we switched to nighttime, and that was that was different, but usually better. And yeah, we got to use other liquids other than exactly, coffee. Exactly. Which that's, was that's, great. That's what I had in mind too, Dave. Yeah. Uh, no, but then, uh, you know, sometimes necessity dictates that you, you pull out the sleepy, sexy voice for the podcast. Yeah, so we're going to try to get the, the early morning that's right. voices going. Get the, them warmed up. The Java's flowing, Brian. Mm-hmm. And, uh, hey, let's uh, let's talk about, it's I really, mean, look, this is Match Week 1. We match, have, we've been waiting for Match Week 1 for how long? Yes. It's we, here and gone, and everyone wants to change their fantasy lineups. That's not true. Well, no, this is true. The market is dictating a lot of price changes. We already can see some of them, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk a little bit about some of the highlights of Game Week 1 and the 10 matches that were played. More importantly, we're going to talk about what you should do for your lineup and what we're doing with ours for Game Week 2. For sure. Let's, and let's go back to the coffee for a moment. Okay. okay, okay. Just that there's coffee this morning. I feel like that's the one thing that really is making the difference for me. <laughs> Not tea. I remember for a little while you were a tea guy. Yeah, that's it's that's dictated by sickness. Okay, all right. It has nothing to do with my my preference. Depends if there's a raspberry seed or a or a chipped uh, tooth in the in the works. Well, no, that's that. That can't be. Those are other levels of death. No, that's threats other, of those death. Those are other life horrors that, <laughs> that. No, tea does not solve that. Okay, all right, fair enough. Anyways, you were saying about I was tra- just gonna transfers say, and whatnot. I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll sprinkle in some segments as well as we go through some of the things that we like to poke fun at and highlight. I have some oh. questions for you guys too. Some strategy questions. I'm sure we'll. They, these might be organic, just from what actually happened this week. But I have some more specific things about what happened this week that I want to ask you guys. Well, and we we put a lot of effort into providing some great preseason content in our summer series of episodes. So I thought, you know, we're we're modern men. We can be vulnerable. Let's talk Ooh. about what we got right wow. and what we got wrong. Okay. Yeah, that's perfect. A perfect way to talk about what happened so far in game week one. Dave. <laughs> so far, the games are over. Good, yeah, Scott. On to game week two. Yeah. Hell. It's early morning. So far. Dave, I'm going to give you an early season gift. Oh, yes. I love these. You're already conceding a bet. Uh, I'm going to kick off this. Ep- no, you know what? Oh. I'm not going to give you. I'm not. No, we're going to talk about Arsenal last now. Oh, the gosh. First, since this is still, since one preseason cleanup bit here. We talked so much about 
bets that were going to happen in preseason episodes, and I don't believe we did one bet. No, we did not. Well, there we were so many. Like, I wanted to make bets, threatening all... bets, but yeah. nothing that ever turned into nothing concrete. So that's the that not... is one of the last bits of preseason cleanup to me. That okay, I thought about last last week as I was leaving. I was like, oh, wait a minute. He didn't. I didn't antagonize one of these things okay. that happens. Jay, we can start with Jesus. I think we. I thought we did have a bet. It was, it was over fourteen. We talked about how I we win would... the bet. Fourteen and under, <laughs> you win the bet. I gotta have fifteen goals from Jesus. Yeah. Is that? I mean, I thought we agreed good, on that, but maybe memory. we didn't. We didn't. We did not. We talked about what the bet would be if we agreed on it. Yes, it's not the same thing. Well, I was ready to agree. Yeah, I know. I wasn't. Uh, you know, game week one played out kind of exactly as I feared it might with Gabriel Jesus. Okay. I mean, Arsenal had a great result, but yeah. Gabriel Jesus did nothing, and now you see, I mean, his ownership is so high, his his ownership was only going to come down, and you can see, I mean, you know, partly on the basis of how many owners he had, there's a lot of transfers out of Gabriel Jesus after game week one, Dave. There is, but there's no threat. Well, all those are people are idiots. And, and there's no threat... His ownership was so high, he was solified. Solified. Yeah, solid ownership over the years has always been so high when people sell him, his price doesn't drop. So, Jesus was solified in the fact that his ownership was record high. And so, there have been a lot of transfers out. But like preseason, I predicted, I don't think it's going to matter because I don't think his price is going to drop if you're going to sell him in worries that you might lose a tenth because I get that. Now, as Brian would tell you, I think... People are living in silly town if you're selling Jesus going into this next schedule. Is this how we're starting this whole thing? I think so, because I know a lot of people have made moves, and by far the number one move of the masses is Kane to Holland. That's by far the number one move. Yes. Kane has three times the transfers of Jesus out, transfers out, to be clear. Kane's price has already gone down. Yeah. And so, I mean, obviously I get it. Holland scores a brace and everyone's like, oh, I knew I should have gone to him to start the season. So they are, except this guy. This guy's not doing it. You're holding firm. I think, I I look at, I don't know. I was watching game week one and and I didn't have a great first week of the season. Certainly not as good as you, Dave. You had a crushed game week one. Well, It was okay. It was very good. If I I had any stones, Mitrovic would have been in my lineup. Well, yeah. And not on my bench, (laughs) but I'm chicken. I'm chicken poo, Brian. That hurts. That hurts. But at the same time, you can't blame yourself for that call. Certainly not. We'll come to that later. But I'm looking at my lineup. My lineup wasn't great. I was just under average. But I also don't look at anyone in my lineup and think, they're not going to do it. Like, nothing that happened in game week one told me that it is a must to change blank for game week two. Yeah, I understand that. Well, one person. One person for me was a must. Who's that? It's Holland. You did go to him. Yeah. Yeah, I like. I I think it's number one. Number one, his price was going up that day. So I'm I made the move. I panic bought at eight fifty seven Eastern when the prices changed at nine p.m. Eastern, and I panic changed and I bought him. Uh, now that could be a horrible decision. Only time will tell. But the people I got rid of, the only people, the person I got rid of that I didn't. Oh, I thought you said people. I was I was hoping it was going to be people, not person. Oh no! Pe- people had to go to make room. Oh, you did have to make multiple people transfer here. Yes, not person transfer. This is a people transfer. All right, not a wild card. 
game on. Let's, not, let's, not a let's wild card. I got rid of people I didn't want to get rid of. Okay. Because I was terrified. All right. But I hedged in those areas. I, I sent Robertson out. I turned Robertson into Matip. I, I didn't. I don't love that. I don't mm-hmm. love that. I turned uh, Son into Kulishevsky. Okay. Don't really love that, but I feel like at least early season, there's some hedging there. And mainly because I wanted to keep Mitrovic. So now my strikers are Jesus, Mitrovic, and Holland. And and so I got rid of Cameron Archer. So okay. Cameron Archer, a throwaway player at the moment, I got rid of him and turned him into Holland at the expense of Robertson, at the expense of Son. And eight points. Yeah. He took two people out to get $7 to go from Archer to Holland. He should have just said, I went from Archer to Holland. Hard stop. Yeah, that, that, that is <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's, that's sacrificial. No, no one is going to argue but, with Can that. I tell you my experience, I, though? But, but here's the thing, too, though. Well, okay. So one other small thing I had to do. Okay. Full, full confession here. I made another transfer. So there was, so I, had to go, I had to go 12. I had to take a minus 12. That's amazing. And, and I said, you know what? Screw it. I don't care. Because the Who, people... Are you talking to Dave Smith or are you talking to... Late season Brian Shesko. <laughs> you know what's funny is I I feel like I either in anger need to slam his head against the table or I'm going to slam mine into the table. Okay, so go ahead. Andreas Pereira, he was playing in a front two with Mitrovic. It was pretty much a two, a four yeah. four two, and so him and a him and a, a four five or what you know he's everyone's four five dollar or five point five or whatever. Yeah, like I brought him in and sent Rashford out because I did need one extra pound dollar. So wow. again, okay. I, but again, I, and at this point, I'm like, I don't. At this moment, I want nothing to do. I, I should have gone with what my my I said last season. If you're on a team with bad mojo, I don't want you. I don't care what your name is, and and I should have recognized that. I thought United's mojo had changed a little bit, but when when the fan out Anthony Martial wasn't playing, I thought, oh, Rashford's gonna be playing a striker position. Great, Ronaldo won't be playing, and United is a dumpster fire. So at the moment, they're a dumpster fire. So I don't want any players from United, in my opinion, and uh, whether Sancho. Rashford, Ronaldo, Bruno Fernandez, doesn't matter. At the moment, United's dumpster fire, so I got rid of him too. So, so yeah, I took it on the head big time, and I said, screw it. I had a good week. Screw it. Um, I know this. Kulishevsky's going up. Holland's going up. And and if I don't get them now early season before the price has changed, and so I panic bought at 8.57, three minutes before the deadline, I panic bought. See, My, that is what, everything. So, I am not saying, Scott, you're right. You, I know what you're going to say. You're like, this is insanity. This is everything that shouldn't have to be about FPL. People shouldn't be panic buying at 8.57. I get it. After game week one. I mean. But, Scott. You, you, that was pure money. I that, might be captaining Holland against Bournemouth this week. That's fair. Yeah, no, that's fair. So, it's like, if, if he scores another brace and gets three bonus points. Against Bournemouth, which is possible, he will have made up your negative twelve. Yeah, yeah, pretty. Because much. Cameron Archer wasn't getting me anything. Yeah, you're. And you Kulishevsky is the Premier League leader in the year 2022 in assists. I and get he that. looked the best spur. It was Kulishevsky's side that was destroying Southampton. It was Kulishevsky. And well, yet, it was the. It was like. Wing back to wing back. It was like well, side pure side to pure side, and the and the middle guys all kind of suffered. And it's probably because Kane and Salah 
Kane and Sola. Who's Kane? It's probably because Kane and Son draw so much attention. They're like, well, we can't pay attention to everybody, and Kulu gets the gets the free pass. I will tell you this: uh, two things. Number one, uh, I was a Kuliszewski owner last season, mm-hmm. and it was one of those situations that often happens where the moment I went to him, he stopped giving me results. And you know those guys. Like I, I can't detach my emotions once I've had a guy in that in that type of situation. And Kuliszewski now is in that category. Uh, I, my fear for you, Dave, is that that's what's going to happen. Son is going to score against Chelsea, and Kuliszewski's sure. going to put in a workmanlike well, sixty-one minute performance. There's no doubt that will probably happen. Well, you'll also have next week. But I, I think that there's this, there's a bunch of things that happen with Spurs in that game that are now like, I just so so much is up in the air. But just to just to end the Kane Holland point. To me, that was my one move. <laughs> That's the one thing I did this week. I because that was my going to be a lineup strategy question. But I, I thought we would. I didn't think the price change would happen so fast, but it did. It happened yeah. so fast that if you had if you had Kane and not Holland, if you because I know we you know there are people in the you know that that was a big question for me. I wrote that exact thing. Starting the season with both Kane and Holland didn't seem completely crazy. So that if you if you did that, like I totally understand why you did that. But if you started like I did with just Kane and not Holland, was Kane to Holland the most obvious one transfer move of all time? I, like I that at this moment, yes. Watching those two games, like you saw the the best possible outcome for Holland and back to like the dumbest things that you've seen, the worst things that you've wanted to see from Kane, which is like two shots. One of them is like a try to get the keeper while he's off his line, like from from midfield, you know, hopeful kick, you know, and everything else. His best moment was Son not passing to him while he's standing, you know, just to the, you know, just to the right of where Son was. So it was one of the great moments of the weekend because uh, Son fell down. Oh, yes. And Kane did not help him up. Kane was pissed that he didn't get the ball in the box. Son yeah. is laying on his back in the box. Kane about three steps away. Kane, instead of walking over and helping him up, walked right past him. And Sonny got up by himself. Yeah. So it- and, and we noticed this watching it. I'm like, Kane's not going to help. I was like, look at Kane. Kane wants the ball in the box, and Son had his head down trying to score yeah. himself. And then I'm like, he's not helping him up. It was like he's laying there. Minutes later, Kyle Walker Peters and Sessignon got tangled, and Walker Peters goes flying, and Sessignon is like, "Come on, buddy, let me help you out." Like, I mean, little teammates, right, right, I think, or yeah. something, right? Well, just like it was hilarious to see, like it was hilarious to see that like contrast of like. Kane so furious that he didn't get a very clear pass like that. That's that. You don't one. need to give me reasons to dislike Harry Kane even more. But, but that one. But thank you. But that one moment was like, I'm sure for Kane, it's like you you feed it over here, and I get essentially a tap in. Yeah. But you took the ball yeah. on yourself. Screw you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's what it felt like. like on your yeah. own. Either way, well, point, point being, I. I I feel a lot the same way that you did, just looking at the comprehensive team. And I keeping I, that was another piece of strategy that I think that was a community a talking point anyway. If you bring Kane in for week one and not Holland, basically just hold for 
at least those first few weeks. There, you know, Ch- Chelsea. I mean, Everton had ch- had a couple chances. They weren't great, but they, at least they had chances. I like. I wonder. I wonder that about this about Spurs and Chelsea. If there are not goals in that, it's just because it's too. You know, just because it's two top five clubs, two teams that are tight defensively, doesn't mean that they can't. You know, if it ended two two, no one is going to be surprised by that at all. And again, I don't know how you look at a game where Spurs win four one at home. And you think, oh, well, Kane and Son had something to do with at least two of those. Right. And all you get out of it is one Son assist. Yeah. Just a completely, what a weird result. Yeah, that's just it. You're not going to, I don't think for the rest of the season, you're going to see Spurs winning 4-1 and that list of goal scorers getting the job done. And so anyone who is bailing on the usual suspects for Spurs, I think they're only going to be like, oh, regret. Well, it's fair. I, I did like this. Just watching that game, and we can move on because there's so many things we to cover. We need to go back to the Jesus point, but go okay. finish this. After this, it. it did seem like there was a lot of, and Brian, you alluded to it earlier, a lot of wing back. It felt like um, Conte Chelsea, wing back to wing back, cross yeah, field, back post guy. Who's the back post guy? That's what that's what I kept well, saying. Like, who's the back post guy? Because whoever that is in that system is going to get some points, some fantasy points. And yet those who rushed a goal scorer, Sessegnon, will be disappointed by the fact that he uh, subbed maybe. out. Well, no, well, but we. That, I think it's going to happen, and that might continue to happen. They got, again, you alluded to it, they got five subs. So you want to keep people happy? You want to keep rotating people? Pep used all his subs, right? So um, other teams hardly used any some from some of the bigger clubs, and I just think you're going to see, especially when European play comes in, you're going to see a lot more of that. Yeah, it, it will change. I mean, you're going to get a lot more ones. The, the likelihood of your guy who doesn't start and you're hoping he moves to your fantasy bench – is going to be diminished by the additional subs this season. But with that point made, I think we're I think what we're highlighting here is that there's in, in one sense there are two very different ways to play this game or to look at your lineups at least. And I will say when my seasons are good, this approach is good. And when my seasons are not as good, this is the wrong approach. Uh, you're looking at your lineup Dave and you're thinking who do I have to go to? When I look at my lineup, I say, who do I have to send out? And I've made, as I sit here, no moves because when I look at my lineup, I'm not looking at how do I get to Holland. I, first of all, watching him again this past weekend made me realize I, I already hate his hair. <laughs> I hate his face. Like I, he, no he, and, he and your boy Darwin got the same hair, just different color. I've not seen I love Darwin. You hate either. blondes. You hate blondes. Um, you hate the Norse. No, no. Uh, well, no. This is specific to Holland. There's something there. No, no, no. no, 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 no. Get the no. I got you on that. No, it's well. They Holland. both look like. I, I look. I'll say this. Darwin and Holland. I love it. They both look like Brian. We we determined. Um, John Wick, not the main boss, but the level two boss that like yeah, kind of comes in Darwin. and John Wick has to, I mean, yeah, yeah, for uh, sure it's Darwin and yeah. Holland, right? Holland looks like, like he's straight out of Die Hard, okay? Yeah, Holland was yeah. in Die Hard, his, his father or uncles were in Die Hard with Bruce Willis, yeah. and uh, Darwin absolutely has got to be in a John Wick movie. I don't know, yeah, I don't know how yeah, we get yeah, around definitely that. Not the, he's not definitely not like the the end boss, but he is, he's a mid-level, like, mid-manager mid, mid boss. He dies two-thirds of the way through and yeah. 
yeah, a guy that John Wick has a challenge against, but yes. not a guy that you're like, oh, this guy's bad. <laughs> um, no, the, the, that is a hilarious that is a hilarious contrast of Holland. <laughs> it reminds me of the it's there's that meme that's just been floating out there now. It's like part of the the meme verse of uh, the difference between flirting and harassment, and it's like a very handsome guy saying girl that dress looks sexy on you yeah and then on like for flirting and <laughs> right. then the harassment is just like a fat weirdo yeah that says girl that looks that that's harassment <laughs> the girl that dress looks sexy. you know what i'm talking right, about right, right. that's darwin and holland <laughs> very punchable face but his hair that man bun i just would like to sock that guy <laughs> it is like, a punchable what, about, face. what about darwin oh well let's not go crazy <laughs> He's not like Holland. <laughs> All right. Anyway, point point back so I just look at my lineup very differently, and maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna choose to. Reg- yeah, I might I might have to regret that, but it's definitely well, been my. I love my preseason picks. Well. I didn't have to go away from anyone. But you had to go to Holland. I had, in my opinion, I had to. And it was worth sacrificing. I don't feel great about it, son. I don't feel great about it. We probably in three weeks be determining this is a bad move. (laughs) Um, I admit that at the moment I felt like I needed to do it, and I'm telling you, you're motivated by money more than points. Well, I panic bought. I did. Well, early season for sure. Well, so then the next, so just to go back to the Jesus point, so that was my next. That was one of my other big questions because I think to your point, Scott, the second most, I think the second biggest transfer combo is. Uh, Jesus out, Mitrovic in. Yeah. So to me, that I th- I would just just seeing the transfers in for Mitrovic, I'm surprised Mitrovic his price had to have gone up. It's 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 on the way. It might happen. Yeah, today. I think it did. It might happen to. Uh, no, no, it has gone up. Yeah, I was so gonna say, Mi- I thought it did. Three price rises at the moment. It's Mitrovic, Holland, and but, but as we sit here, Jesus is still at. I saw his his price is still the same. I don't think Kulishevsky. Okay. Zinchenko, I think, went up too. The yeah. net, the net price, the net transfers out for Jesus was not enough to push his price down. I think he's still at eight as we sit yeah, here. He is. Yes. To to answer your way, way, way earlier question, Dave, I am really not sure why people would sell Jesus, given more than anything what we had said. You know what I thought, I hoped would be true. Arsenal are uh, the next five matches. Home to Leicester at Bournemouth, home to Fulham, home to Aston Villa oh. at Manchester United. I, I what? I didn't see anything for Arsenal against Crystal Palace that would make me say, "Oh yes, uh, attacking wise, they're going to have issues against that those kind of teams." And then that, like, what? I I I thought you what you saw was a wildly unselfish Jesus who could have had way more. And it's like a, a mar- minimum, he's a Gabriel Martinelli miss away from an assist in the game. Like, I, that is a, like, yeah, he took one shot. But guess what? He was in the box second most of anyone other than Holland this week. He had, he had the second most touches in the box. And I, anybody, you, everyone watched Crystal Palace and ours because you had to watch it. Right. What part of that attacking front did you not like? Right, and that, I think that was the that was the thing. Like, uh, yeah, great. Did he not get anything? Yes, but well, holy cow! Like, I don't know what you're looking at. I I just don't know how you're going to look at that and say, you know what? 
unless you're doing what you had to do or I needed I needed a dollar and a half to you know to fund something else so sorry Jesus you got to go and I'm bringing in Mitrovic I just think that's that's one that seems glaring that you're yeah. like the next five matches there's not one moment where I'm like no give me double or triple Arsenal how, we how, said that I we that that to me was an obvious that was obvious before the season started how do you feel about that I feel just fine about that I, he's in my lineup he, I'm tempted to vice captain him there's no way he's coming out. I think that's absolutely true, and I think anyone who's selling him, I think that's, I think that's, you know, I, what's the one thing I hate the most early in the season? You contributed to dumbass moves of the week. It's dumbass moves. That, I know I can. Contri- I knew you were going to hate them. Sorry, but, but more than anything, I hate myself for that. It's the impact they have on the market, right? It's the fact that there are price rises and price falls so fast yeah. because people are making people are watching matches. And literally making moves during the Friday match makes no sense. Yeah, minimum waiting. I just I don't know how you don't wait a little bit at least. I mean, I I was well, I was I was tempted after Spurs to just make the Holland switch, but I'm like I should probably see if he makes it out of the game. You know, I should at least wait before I at least see if he comes off healthy. Because how many times does that have to happen before people will stop making knee jerk transfers before something is even over? For me, the final thing with Arsenal is they're about to play Leicester at home. You just saw Leicester give up two of the dumbest goals of the season to to drop points at home against Brentford. Like they're comfortable up two nil. Yeah, that yeah. And it takes ten minutes of just complete lapses in judgment. Yep. To, for them to to lose the win, you know they they you know they end with a draw. Timothy Castagna, you know Lester hero yes or yesterday, or two days ago, he he's complaining that it was lapses of judgment. Lester Mercury saying like, back to what we did last season. They conceded more last season. Only Southampton. This was in their this was in the paper yesterday. Conceded more. Only Southampton conceded more equalizing goals than Lester did. Yeah, last season. it was interesting. Leeds and Watford conceded more goals than Leicester in the last 10 minutes of home matches. That was Leicester Mercury stat. They say, you know, the way they ended it was Josh De Silva's goal ticked both of those boxes. Yeah. And that's what, like, I think you look at Leicester and you're like, well, the back line's still okay. It's Evans, it's Fafana, there's, you know, Ndidi's healthy. Like, they, they have a solid team. And you're like, but Brentford just got them for two at right. home. Now they got to go play this Arsenal team. Right. I just I don't. No one. Don't no one went it. from flipping the preseason script to reinforcing the preseason script faster than Lester did against Brentford. However, yeah. I said that we would talk about what we got right and what we got wrong. Yeah, I was the most right. I'm just gonna go ahead and pat myself on the back here for a second. Forgive me. Yeah, but the thing I was the most right about for game week one, at least. Was Kieran Dewsbury Hall? Yeah, I was gonna say. His I almost wanted to make. Points. I almost wanted to make that a segment on this on this episode. <laughs> the thing Scott got most right. I like that segment. That's yeah. what a great idea, Brian. Great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we might have one of those a week. Um, <laughs> well, no, I'll take, I'll take one a week. I would hey, say I would too. As far as so on the strategy point, because I feel like it's a. I feel like just because of the sheer volume of people who you know, I I helped kind of end the bandwagon at the you know before the deadline. For Aston Villa, the Leon Bailey hype was so high, and that is one of your that was one of your straight up money for money options. Was the the I would say twenty percent or whatever it was started the season with 
Bailey looking at, you know, Aston Villa's playing, you know, already relegated Bournemouth. And, you know, I think that, the like, what, what was Dewsbury Hall's, his selection percentage was 1%. Yeah, it was, so yeah, it was, something, it was like something like that. And so, yeah, the just knowing that that is straight up money for money, an, an option you could have made, yeah, there's no, there yeah. is no question. Villa looked pretty terrible, and, and it's got to be alarming. I will say the one player I've looked at my lineup and said, maybe sending him out is the right move is Matty Cash in defense. And I know a lot of people are doing that as well. That that's, yeah. a, that's a mass move. I will say this. A lot of times when I've made moves in game week, following game week one leading into game week two, what I find to be the case is that what has happened in game week one that makes me feel like I need to make changes, I instantly regret because the opposite happens in game week two. Mm-hmm. And so I'm you know fully aware. It's true. I agree with that. And that's what made me hesitate for you. Like, well, Holland is just as likely to turn an ankle in game week two not against, against a score. I mean, it's possible, but not against Bournemouth. Well, this, is a, this is a high-flying Bournemouth. Who I, know. Villa I know. Coming I know. Off on, I know. It is weird. To what you said, Dave, one of the weirder transfer bits for, you know, now five transfers in the week for Leicester was that only Dewsbury Hall came off. It was the only sub that Brendan Rodgers made, and it was for DACA. So not even like they brought in a, a, a more a attacking player yeah. on. But was that at two two? I don't. It was at seventy seven minutes. I'm not sure. I, it was pretty sure it like was two two. If at that only point. there was a well, way. So that was that was a, that was a, 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 a I mean that was an offensive transfer. I mean he was going yeah. for the three points again at that point. So I'm not I'm not going to read too much into that. At five pounds at the end of my midfield, I, I'm okay with KDH playing seventy. I was going to say I I feel like. After scoring I feel, 10 yeah, fantasy I feel like points, you should, by the way. It, 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 he's, and it's not, he's not a guy that's like, oh, when Harvey Barnes is fit, it's not going to be Dewsbury Hall or whatever. Like, I feel like he's that's, that's a, and the reality, a guy who's going to be in. The reality of Andreas playing in the, you know, the early match on Saturday. It was before the goal. Was it really? Just okay. official. Still doesn't change my mind, but, but that's good to know. Um, you know, the reality that Andreas put in a, a good performance without getting the result that you were hoping for if you owned him. And the fact that I think he's 4.5, you know, a lot of, you know, KDH uh, isn't going to see a huge boost in price because people are going to go to Andreas at 4.5 as opposed to KDH at 5. But if you have like a, you know, a lot of people had Neto at 5.5. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking to go down, don't assume you have to go all the way down unless you got to make them Holland bucks. You know, mm-hmm. Going down to 5 to KDH might not be the worst thing because even if Leicester lose 3-1, to one, against uh, Arsenal, KDH can still be involved in that. Yeah, I would definitely think about it. If I if I had if I had the pure luxury transfer this week, if I had an extra transfer, I would think about doing that. I just for uh, to end the Villa point, I just think if if like me you have Leon Bailey in your side, they play Everton at home, then they're at Palace. I'm holding on Bailey by the way. He's say, playing an advanced yeah, position. I mean, like I'm holding on him, but one one result's not going to change my mind. Well, on Bailey. and that's just it. And and that and this is typical. I mean, Villa is hosting Everton, following an embarrassing loss at Bournemouth, and it's the early match, first match of the game week. That has Villa win all over it, and the guys that are going out in people's fantasy squads being able to contribute. You know, Matty Cash is just as likely to get a clean sheet against Everton. Are you kidding me? That's true. So I mean, that's a. 
There's an Anthony Gordon-led Everton right now, which I love that kid, but he's yeah. not a striker. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, let's let's wrap up some of these matches here uh, on Arsenal. Can uh-huh. we just say real quick? James Madison had the second most shots of anyone this this week, I believe. Yeah, his hair was messier no, than normal he the most. too. He had the most shots. I'm just saying, I own James Madison. I like it, Scott. That's what I want to tell you. And ignore my hair comment. I've got a lot of hair comments today. You are on the hair. Paul Tierney, by the way. Did you see that he went he went buzz cut? No. Like, he like went all in on the uh, on the he, baldness. He committed. He yeah. finally committed to baldness. Good for him. Um, he is my he is what I fear the most because the day is coming when I'm going to have to do what he did, and my fear is that I'm going to look worse like he did during uh, game week just one. Go, just do it. Own the bald. Yeah, but then but then I look at guys like I mean I look at you and it looks great. I look at Paul Tierney and I'm like. Oh no, my wife will disown me <laughs> if I look like him. So, you know, anyway. Um, with with Gabriel Jesus, regardless of what the masses are doing, are we all on the same page that this is one of those where we like oh, to say I'm we're not, not wrong, we're just not just right, not right yet. yet, for yeah. sure. Okay, perfect. Anything else on Arsenal, Dave, that's fantasy relevant? We didn't really talk about Zinchenko other than his price went up, but he clearly turned some heads. I, I, there's a lot of assets there. Uh, William Saliba got man of the match. He, he's, a, he's, say, a, he's a 4-5. Yeah, what, what? Saliba. There's so, a there's look, a lot man, of assets there. Don't say I, it again. I I took out Zinchenko. Like my the last decision that I made was to I talk, was basically talking myself into Robertson and Trent, and so to, I I I was happy to start the season with Saliba. Right. Uh, Zinchenko was the guy who was in there kind of from the moment that he once he you know as soon as he signed. And as soon as you said, hey, Tomoyasu's not going to start the season, it was Zinchenko in, which he became Saliba, who by the start of the kick by kickoff, he became Andy Robertson. <laughs> so basically, I, I, I swapped out like so many points to get Robbo's one. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, which, it, But it was a move that you know I look at that I'm like, you can't I, regret it. I mean, you yeah, can, but you can't. That's right? that's the part where that's this is exactly like the the overthinking part of it. it could, I could yeah. easily do you know what some people would do, like minus twelve, and say Robertson, you got to get out of here. I'm just kidding. He's not listening. He caught <laughs> him at a time. Kidding. He's not actually listening. No, but I'm. But that was. But, I've heard it. No, but whatever. he's. But he's that guy that I'm like. I love Robertson. Yeah. How how wouldn't you? I do have a I do have a separate there is a separate strategy question you know in line with what Dave did but yeah the the point being for Arsenal that yeah I think that Saliba at four and a half yes or no he has some sort of threat to oh, leaving the line pieces? no no as in he has some threat to his position no, his zero, spot on the line zero uh, unlike unless he gets hurt right he then, is he is Arsenal's this is crazy one game. I get it. He's he is Arsenal's new Virgil. Um, okay, what I was so going like, to say is he's that, their best defender. He's not coming out of the lineup unless he's hurt. The so the lineup in the back, uh, Ben White is the most threatened for his spot of the players who played game week one. Ben White is the most. Uh, he's the least likely to stay in. Yes. So this is interesting, and this is just purely based on what I've seen from Arteta over the last couple of years. When Martinelli's in, he's in until he gets hurt, and then Smith Rowe comes immediately in, and he's in until he gets hurt. And so I'm just wondering, Tierney's trying to get in to get playing time behind Zinchenko. Well, good luck. And Tomiyasu now, so look, we're like Tomiyasu, Ben White, and you're like, well, Ben White, like what what he do? I don't know. All I know is he made the who scored 
back four defender list with the sec the fourth highest score as a defender this that, past week. That to me, seems he led like, the league and he had. But that's un- but that to me is a rating that didn't that didn't speak to the eye test so of the defense in the game. He he had the most tackles of any Arsenal player in a uh, in an away game in the last seven years. Oh wow! Okay. Now and he was playing against Zaha. Who is one of the most dynamic that wingers? Like one of those weird Twitter stats, but it it's it's impressive. All I'm saying is he had like seven to eight tackles I mean, in the game yeah, for sure, and he's playing and he against, was playing against, playing against Zaha against, the yeah. whole game. Who he, athletically, I would think, is a little outmatched. So I'm just saying, uh, yeah, there was a couple nervy moments, but Zaha does that to everybody. So I'm just saying, I don't think it's a even though Tomiyasu might is now a threat possibly to play this week. If you're a Ben White owner, I would not sell yet. I think there's a chance he holds on to that right-back spot. And we should also say, I don't know how Arsenal didn't concede at least once in that game. I, as, great the as, the, as great as the clean sheets are for... It was, you know, a, through ball. It was a through ball from man, oh man. Zaha to Eze that, that Ramsdale had to make a save of the, like, save I of the day. I thought Ramsdale had to make at least three saves, I thought, that were like it that was were, a, it was were a, exceptional. If you're the Premier League, you could not have hoped for any more appealing match to watch. It was a fun match, to right? kick off the season. And in the United States, there wasn't a better voice, a more appealing voice to call it than Peter Drury. It was interesting. Uh, Peter Drury actually said during the broadcast that Saliba is looking like he might start in for, defense for France, for France the in the World Cup. Cup, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so I, 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 again, he's 21. He was he was France's uh, young player of the, uh, of the year last year, and also made their their league un's top yeah. uh, defense team or whatever. Like their four at the back, Saliba made that uh, on a loan. If you know he for Marseille. So I'm just saying, like, yeah, he's a heck, heck of a player. All right, we've talked Arsenal, we've talked Spurs. Did you have anything else you wanted to add in there on Spurs, Brian? We talked about the wrong players scoring the goals, but that's no reason to panic sell yet, right? No. Well, I I think that I mean there is the the Kulishevsky question whether or not it's the, whether this is the Kulu show and he's him being the spur of choice. Like if you really did have to make him your choice in the midfield, you don't have to uh, make him your choice in the midfield for for Spurs. I just think over Sun. I don't know. I think you're going to regret that over time. Actually, I told you I don't. I, so, hold on, stop. So, stop. so the, I don't love it. So I, I, I understand the move. I think that Kulishevsky getting the assist early on is a more likely thing to see than to see him score. Kind of like a, a everyone standing there stationary in defense while he passes it into the back of the net. You know, goal scoring opportunities for him. The the any of the any of the so many other players had chances to do something else. The fact that it, but, the, but I just think that Kulishevsky being out there doing what he did, he just, it's like he carried everything he did from, from spring 2022 straight with him through the summer and into game week one. So I, I do, I do wonder about like, he's on like year long form. It's and, and it's, he has people on like fans and and antagonistic, you know, Arsenal supporters, you know, people all over the place saying this this guy just looks like he came to play. Like this guy is it's very obvious what a quality of a player he is. Like signing like I just wonder if he's not going to turn out to be one of the best signings of anybody from the past year. 
I guess. I mean, his price has already gone up to 8.1, but at that price point, you're looking at guys like Foden. You know, Foden or Mares. That was in, that was entirely the question. It's why I feel like I I didn't even consider. I just think do I do I want Kulishevsky's one assist each week is was the question where I'm like there are so many more explosive players. I like if I if you had asked I would have gone Madison over Kulishevsky, hands down going into game week one. Not to mention you know the like you said I Foden to me was like it. it Came, it was purely down to like expected starting minutes yeah. and not being able, not like the uncertainty of whether he was going to start or not. Is he fit enough or not? He's obviously fit enough. Um, but no, like I, so many people, like it was, you would have looked at Mason Mount and said, Yeah, he's probably safer with a little bit more of uh, attacking upside. And then you watch, you know, he's like we'll non existent, yeah. you yeah, know, in that game. Out. And here, Kulishevsky just absolutely. Or uh, like Luis, Luis Diaz, like what? What? Like sure? How? Yeah. Like if you had Diaz, you'd <laughs> be like fuming chances. right now because he's hits the woodwork, yep. and and then you look and you're like Kulishevsky's the same price, not anymore. But you're just like that's the thing. Crap. He, I mean, you know, I got his two compared to Kulishevsky like, scoring a fifteen. And that's why I don't make moves right now, and I'm not going to, is because it is just as likely that Kulishevsky's going to get a two, and Luis Diaz will drop in seven, or Foden will drop a double digit score on you against Bournemouth. I'm not moving. I'm not moving to him. It's not essential. And regardless of what you guys are saying about the calendar 2022 stats and all that stuff, I had Kulishevsky for a good chunk at the end of the season when I was only partially caring anymore about what I was doing, and he never scored more than two for me. You cannot base your fall 2020 new season actual motions in the game Based on your non-caring emotions back in the spring let, let at the end of the season. Let me clarify. You can't be telling me you're doing no, that. Let me clarify my point. You guys are saying that he has never ceased to be good. And I'm telling you, there are bunches of matches where the overall scores and the overall stats are a bit misleading. Who knows? There might have been three games in a row that happened to be the three games you owned him where he didn't give you a return. And that and, but that could earlier, be possible. Uh, I and I can't You've got to cast that no, exercise the demon, son. <laughs> no, it's not even that. I, I have Foden at eight, uh, which I'll use this to transition into City right. next. I don't want to go from Foden to Kulishevsky. I don't want to. Uh, it's I think no, Foden... I, yeah, you'd never... I, I yeah, think you would that never... Foden's going to score more points in game week two than Kulishevsky. I would yeah, make that, that bet. And that was part of... The, I think that was part of... I'm also not going to make that bet. Exactly my well, point. Bournemouth and Chelsea. Let's have something reasonable. Well, no, but that's exactly my point. Is why would I then move to Kulishevsky from Foden? Why would not I this week. add to the market driving up Kulishevsky's price? I'm not interested in that at all. But listeners of our summer series of episodes will know that I talked a lot about Mares mm-hmm. in my midfield for City. Those who follow us on Instagram and saw my lineup well before the game week one lineups locked. By the way, no, will will have noticed that I did switch to Foden. I went ahead and decided not to be stubborn, Dave. Okay, I like this. Every city source that I could see and every city fan in my life was saying Foden over Mares. With Holland there now, Foden's a better fit. Mares isn't really a good fit anymore. So I would absolutely do Foden over Mares, and I didn't want to believe it. Because even, I made the point, even if Mares doesn't start, he's just as likely to give you a return off the bench. And he's going to come off the bench more because of the five sub rules, I wasn't scared of Mares, but I went ahead and I listened. 
Went to Foden. Now, neither one paid off. But you know what I didn't love, Brian? What? Is that that Foden to Mahrez sub that occurred in this match against West Ham happened at like 88 minutes. Yeah. Mahrez got garbage time minutes. Yeah. That was what I didn't love. Yeah. the I think the city, the to the city point, not just Highland getting like the like getting off the mark in the best possible way for everyone that started with him, but also the the thorough dismantling of West Ham, the ease that City had, other than the opening ten minutes, there was like zero nothing threat. threatening from anyone anywhere. Was Skamaka this a West had Ham that thing? One, had that one moment. Like, they had another burst of energy in the second half. But never, there was never a point where you're like, oh boy. they. I mean, that was just like the cruise controlliest city. And it was, and it was like we said, in on the road against the, a, a, no one's, who would say that West Ham is not good? I mean, they're a good team. Who, but, who gave a worse effort this weekend, West Ham or Liverpool? I don't think West Ham's effort was all that bad. I thought was that, City I thought, just that good? That's what I. That's what it's. I, there was nothing. I think that's a. I question. don't know if I believe that. I just didn't. Where? Where? There, who was? Who on West Ham did you look at and say, like they put in a horrible performance? I thought Declan Rice was playing like in all of the best ways that you hope Declan Rice plays. Bowen had moments of explosiveness. Antonio, you know, if the pass is a little bit better, it was, you know, that early header he had that he put just over the bar, it was behind him. I mean, he he made the best of a bad pass. But other than that, like, there's just, there was just not really any space for them. The ta- That tactic that they showed, I, because I, I want, I, I started the season with, I couldn't get the money. It was, you know, one of the big questions was whether to start with Cancelo or not. I, you know, I, I, of course I would love to have Cancelo, but I, I couldn't. So I, Kyle Walker was my Manchester City defender of choice. Did hmm. the, like they to show how narrow uh, Robbie Robbie Musto pointed that out? Like that was just tactically just to show how narrow Cancelo and Walker were playing. They were basically playing almost entirely central as midfielders. Cancelo got way wider going forward, but it was after the space was created. Like just they, they just talked about what a an amazing tactical move it was to put to play Walker and Cancelo so narrow, kind of in the center of the pitch, instead of having them as like traditionally like wing back. Just taking away more space from Antonio. And it just opened up space. That's why Gunduan looked like he was walking free almost the entire game. Somebody was just sprinting wide open on especially on the left side, so much of that game. And I'm like, this is like like I I just didn't think there was any there was no space Born, uh, West Ham could not counterattack. That's how they got. That's how they got the result the last time. Yeah. Was that their yeah, counterattack from was last a, season? And they there was no counterattack in this game. Like whatever no. they did, just completely shut it down. And they did it with Ake and Diaz no. and Kyle Walker and Cancelo. Yeah. With you know just giving De, De Bruyne was dropping so far back, but De Bruyne was getting forward. Like De Bruyne is like a hair away from a goal. You know, in one of those runs, you know, to, you know, just gets flagged for offside, and it was cl- it was close enough. I mean, that KDB to Holland pass. That uh, yeah, it's just like everything about that game. I was like, 
this is they just there was no moment for West Ham where it was like oh yeah they're gonna get something here they had they had nothing and I th- and I'm saying that as like looking ahead like now West Ham goes on a run here of three matches where I'm like if you started with Bowen this is why you have him yeah, like yeah. you were hoping week one you're hoping for something in week one which you didn't get anything it was but possible still, but you yeah you're banking now on this yeah like now you get three good weeks where you know and by for, the way I'm not going down from Bowen to Kolashevsky either. At at Forest, Bright, uh, you know, home to Brighton, and then at Villa, like you get three weeks where you're like, yeah, yeah useful. Like, Bowen's like, Bowen in for it. sure. Like mm-hmm. Bowen is a useful asset for three weeks. But man, Can, oh man, that, that's that city. Just to, to just discuss like, FPL specific with my lineup here. Cancelo is in my lineup, and as of now, he is my vice captain. Speaking of vice captains, uh, the FPL website now shows most vice captained. Oh, nice! A uh, little addition to the new season. Um, well, by the way, the streak is nothing, but the yes. streak continues. Mo Salah, most captained in game week one. Oh, gosh, not the worst thing. No, most vice captained was Holland. Is it possible that the results in game week one will bring that streak to an end for game week two? Are people going to move the C from Salah to Holland? Yeah, think so. I think that. Despite Bournemouth's good result, I just I don't know how they're playing City at the Etihad. I just don't know how I just don't know how you don't look at that and say whatever almost whatever City asset you have, yeah, a, a captain is going on a City player. Not week. that this is going to be outrageous here. I still think Salah. I mean, how, I think it'll how, still how be is close. This not going to be a five oh six oh demolishing. Salah is sixty two percent selected. So his, I mean, that's, I feel like that was a huge jump considering where he was in game week one. I thought, I feel like he was only around 30%. I think a lot, I mean, there were a lot of last minute teams that were, that were made. 40, I mean, 50% maybe, but he's up. And a, a lot I mean, of them a big, had Salah. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot he's, of them had him. But it's, but he's still, Salah is still selected more than Holland. I don't know. It could be, I, it might still, Salah might still hold on to the we'll most see. captain. Time. That's, that's what I'm going to be looking for. Uh, we got to talk about Manchester United. So they lose in Ten Hag's first match as manager. 2-1, Brighton gets the win. The one guy that the entire preseason, we talked about how we weren't talking about him, and yet he was blown up in preseason. Didn't do a ton, I don't think, as far as fantasy points in game week one. But if I'm going to have one big regret this season, which is a segment that we will bring into this podcast as the season goes along, it's probably going to be not having Leandro Trossard. Now, he had a yellow card, only scored one fantasy point here. But his club, Brighton, gets a huge result at Old Trafford. Not a great start. We already talked about how Marcus Rashford, we wanted we wanted to want him because of his price point. But guess what, Dave? He didn't do much. He didn't do much, except earn the Christian Benteke Wasteful Player of the Week Award. Look at there. Congratulations, it's got a, Marcus. This is as much about quantity as it is about quality of miss, okay. of wastefulness. Okay. Because there were at least two decent chances. The second one, admittedly, was a little bit tougher. Um, it was it was a, a cross uh, pitch pass that uh, didn't bounce. I mean, those are always hard to control. But, I mean, there was one that uh, Robert Sanchez got his arm to. It was an outstanding save. Uh, and so if you want to fight with me on, on this not being Rashford's wastefulness and more about Sanchez's prolificness, I'll entertain that. But I'm still giving out the Game Week 1, the inaugural Christian Menteke Wasteful Player of the Week award for this season to Marcus Rashford.
Yeah, we can briefly talk about United, but just I think, a, it was. Uh, we need to move on. It was two halves. I mean, the first half they were terrible, and then the second half the uh, the attacking stats went so so high for them. I they, I mean, Brighton had, I don't think was lucky. Did they wad their game plan up at halftime and like we just have to go play? Well, just don't know how the Ronaldo thing is, and just uh, I just don't know how that's not like a, a season long headache. It's I, a shadow. Yeah, it's I a just, it's a it's a shackle. It's it's a bad Look, mojo hanging around the men, club. Men and Blazers could not have had better. I mean, they they're brilliant. They, well, I was gonna say as far as like, you know, the soap opera content of it is like perfect for them. You know, getting to get you know just saying like, for Premier League scriptwriters, like you you should know you need to cut away to. For the ca- camera <laughs> operators, you need to cut a, cut back to Ronaldo's face every time someone from someone on the te- or on the pitch misses. And they did. <laughs> well, they also caught him shirtless as he's getting ready to come on the pitch. They knew exactly what they but were we doing. We don't want to see that, Scott. No, we sure don't. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm I'm actually perfectly happy if we don't see him in the league anymore after the end of this month. Um, weird stat for Rashford is that for him to have a big chance. Something that was classed as a big chance in the match. Mm-hmm. Rashford, could, Rashford could have had yeah. something here. Yeah. But to have that, that none of his three shots were on target. I feel like it's really difficult to have a, a, a clear cut scoring chance and still it, finish with still no, no shots none of your three shots were on target. Yeah, I, I feel like that's a that's an odd. Uh, a lot of this was a, a tough thing to a do. A lot of this was just unlucky. I mean, if Martial's starting up front, this is probably a different result. But mm-hmm. he's hurt. Yeah. And Christian Eriksen, they kind of had up there. But Erickson, but I, Erickson wasn't a problem, and I think that's this is you know just a shout out to Lee Drew who is mostly griping about Scott McTominay. So yeah. I think that was the, you know one of the parts where he said you know for him it was you know I don't know what we're going to do with McTominay. Not to mention, so we already have like a player quality issue kind of in midfield. Creatively, I don't think they really you know you'd think with Bruno and now Erickson you shouldn't have a creativity problem. No. You still have a Harry Maguire problem, but that's I feel like that's a that's something you already know. But either way, the Ronaldo thing, I, I just I don't think it's necessarily like it's not over. And I think if you can get back to, you know, Funchester United, like you, know, you had for a minute in the summer, it's totally that's different. Funchester United. Yeah. yeah, Martial and Sancho and Rashford. Rashford like re- that, re- wreaking havoc oh having goodness. fun. Yes. That's a totally I feel like like you'd think of that attacking that attack way different than you think, but then again, you you know you throw Ronaldo on and you know Manchester United look much better in the second half than they did in the first, but still can't get a result. I don't yeah. want anything to do with them. No, nope. all right. Agree. What about Liverpool? Uh, I still want something to do with them. Uh, obviously, tough result to uh, to kick off our Saturdays, uh, but I, I'm not scared. I mean, Trent had a had a rough match. He had a rough match just defensively. As good as they looked the week before, and and look, I don't think anyone's changing their Liverpool assets after the first match. I switched mine around, but I still wanted part of Liverpool defense, and I just had to do it to make some money. Yeah. So I did not want to sell Robbo, as you have alluded to multiple times, Scott. But I wanted him, but I couldn't keep. You made him. the move, man. So, anyways, let's move on. No one's changing their minds. I don't think on Liverpool assets. Maybe some people are thinking about Diaz. Like, ah, I no. have, I have a very specific Liverpool strategy question. Okay. As we're getting to there, I was just my one takeaway was I was shocked at such a veteran team literally not showing up for a match. And like especially a team and I'm not this is not me just bashing Liverpool because a lot of my friends or whatever are Liverpool fans and my brother. 
But my point being is I literally was like, I kind of couldn't believe what I was watching. I expected it. I saw a Liverpool team show up against City last week and play really, really well. And like, that's the City Liverpool match I want to see. And then, and it's preseason, you know, in quotes preseason. Yeah. And then we go into a league match where Liverpool, I think the last two out of three seasons, has lost the title to Manchester City by one point. So yeah. every point matters. As you say, that's why we love this league. Yeah. Every point matters. And you open the season with Fulham, a, re- a promoted club, and you, the, I don't know, for a half, for the first half, they didn't show up. And the second half, I think they tried to flick a switch, Scott. And I well, don't know. And it almost and, worked. And I'm not going to say this because I don't necessarily believe this. I do know this. Liverpool started six players over 30. And I don't know, Scott, if it was old legs. I'm like, it's the beginning of the season. How could it be old legs? But these old Liverpool legs, these 30-year-old legs, have played a probably more games than anyone else in the last no, six it's years. No, it's not that big. It's not so big as that. But, uh, but what? How, how do they not show up? I, these are mature yeah. guys that, like, like, I respect. And these guys have been through battles. And it's like they know – you know what? How to play? And I just couldn't believe the effort. It was the effort that I could not understand. Yeah, I, I fully understand that you don't understand that because I didn't understand it either. Could there be some preseason plate letdown? Maybe, maybe that was kind of what I was saying. But, but it shouldn't have been there. It shouldn't have been there, but but it seemed like it was. And uh, it took Darwin coming in to to save the day again. They maybe they just yeah. were intimidated by having to go into the Fulham. That yeah, that fortress of Craven Cottage. <laughs> I I will say, you know, when when Liverpool leveled, it it, it felt inevitable. Like, okay, here's three points coming, and then the penalty completely overturned what seemed to be an inevitable script. And then again, not to bash him because he's one of the best defenders in the league, if not the best. Virgil gives up the penalty. And soft. A, Can we admit it was soft? A sloth like move. By Mitrovic yeah. to get him, like yeah. Virgil got a kicked and lift on a manager nobly. This is not an NBA podcast. Yeah. Sloth like move in the lane. He's yeah. tricky. That was a tricky Somehow, move. Somehow the triangle shaped man was tricky, Scott. I don't understand it. He had a couple of moves like that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't. That's no fluke. I I don't. I don't understand. I know. I just. I just was shocked. Like it was just guys. I am expecting. I've been watching high quality guys. And so I, I'm just – I don't think that change – it definitely does not change my mind. But I was truly, like, drawn back. Like, what is, what is this? Yeah, it's bizarre. And uh, not not what I expected for sure uh, to start the season. You know, on one hand, I'm with all-star listener Ben on the fact that, you know, this isn't good. Every point counts, as you said. And this is why – I mean, this is truly why City wins leagues. You know, they come out in game week one – like the this industrial is not a bad point. the industrial machine that they are while Liverpool, you know, they've they they're leaking they're leaking some oil here already in game week 1. And so no, I'm not bailing. Salah is my captain choice so far for game week 2 as I'm sitting here. Uh Trent is still in my lineup even though he did not have a great performance against Mitrovic. I will say Mitrovic annoys the hell out of me. He does. And, and yeah, is it partly because he played Liverpool? Sure. There's a percentage of this that is because it came against Liverpool. But if he's going to play this way all season, I'm going to have to just avoid Fulham. I will say he got the calls, so it worked. You know, if I'm going to be consistent, I have to admit, he got the calls. So when he went down gently, 
The whistle blew. Hold on, he's a striker in the box, and he's so. I'm not talking about. I'm not ripping. just talking about the penalty. Okay, I, okay. I, the penalty was soft, but it was. I, I have no argument against it. Okay. All right. That was the case for a lot of calls, except for one, which we'll get to here at the end. Uh, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say it wasn't a penalty. It was soft, but it wasn't. It wasn't a, a bad call. But I'm talking about other other calls then that followed, where he's falling down all over the rest of the pitch. It's fine. I will just say though, if if he is officiated this way for the rest of the season. I will go ahead and say he's going to be a candidate for the Golden Boot. If he's going to be getting calls like that, he's a candidate for the Golden Boot. I don't think he got boot. any calls that Grealish or Zaha or anyone else that's not getting. Well, I, he I wasn't mean, getting favorable. Do I like Jack Grealish either? I mean, come on, at least give you me credit to, for my consistency. Say you need to name somebody that he also doesn't hate. <laughs> Bukayo Saka has turned into. He has very Jack Grealish-like skill of getting fouled it's, and, it's, that's and more, or... That's a Sterling-esque. And or Salah getting barely touched and falling down, but doing knowing when to do it when you're running into yeah. the box and it's you're barely skill. touched. It's there a, is a skill. Feel contact fall down. I mean, I feel like that's, that, is the, that is the Premier League strategy. And there's a new head of referees, right, in England, but he's not going to be able to change the entirety of well, the issues that we were complaining about and have complained about for years now in one game week, especially when he's working with the same cast of characters. Jaka got a yellow for flopping, for a non-contact flop. <laughs> and, what, and what did I say at our Slack workspace? I said, this is progress. Instead of getting reds for contact, he's, he's getting, getting yellows for simulation. Baby, baby steps, Scott. Baby steps. <laughs> baby steps. Um, no, uh, it, you know, it's obviously a disappointing results as a Liverpool fan, but no changes for my Liverpool Here's my... Players. Hold on, hold on. Go ahead, quick, go ahead. You did not captain Salah week one. Why? He was away, and Son was at home. I went with a home captain. Okay. Now, do now, I regret it? It is true. Yes. Now, hold on. Most of the game, uh, uh, Fulham game, until Salah did, finally did something, I was nervous because I'm like, this goes against everything I'm for. It, it's an away game. So I like I like home captains. Yep. And and it was an away game. At, but the other thing was, Salah, for whatever reason, gets promoted clubs on opening day is like... Yeah, yeah. Chalk it, it, up. it was head versus heart, and I went head game week one. I went with the home captain. Were you doing it as a differential, knowing that everyone else was probably going Salah? I I did not. The, or you didn't I weigh did that not, at all. It was it was okay. it was Salah or Son, and I went with the home player. Okay, all right. And by the way, I went with the player whose team scored four goals. Yeah, and I, I just I, happened. I mean, here's my rule of thumb: if my captain gets into double digits, so obviously that's just five points. It feels okay. Sure. And I felt okay. Of course, sitting next to Sun was Salah and Dewsbury Hall, who also had double-digit points yeah. without a C on their name. But that's fine. Okay, I'm going to choose to look on the bright side. So two things. Which this first is uh, just that Darwin comes on and looks like Erling well, Holland. Yeah, uh, you know, just <laughs> just over 23% selected now. I can't imagine that his price is going to be nine nine zero for very long. Uh, Four shots all in the box in 39 minutes. Most shots on target of any player this week. Only Holland had more big chances than Darwin did, and Darwin did it again in 39 minutes. Is uh, Would you move, so like me, if you had Trent and Robertson and Salah, would you move one of the other, like either Trent or Robertson, or if you started with Luis Diaz, are you moving one of those guys on to make to uh, Darwin one of the Liverpool your three. second or third Liverpool option. That's a good question. I'm going to quote 
someone who we have had on this podcast in the past and reference on a regular basis, and that's Andrew the Ref. Okay. Mm-hmm. He texted me following this match, and he said, Darwin's goal was fun. We didn't talk about the nifty footwork on his goal. It was, oh, it was the second try. It was, he tried it the first time, and it got it got blocked. It got yeah. saved, and then he did it again. Second time, I'm like, it was like identical plays. Yeah, he said Darwin's goal was fun, but if he is going to have every touch be some unnecessary flourish, Liverpool is going to be in trouble. And he's not wrong. And so, I mean, Darwin is a difference maker. By the way, do we have to call him Darwick based on our earlier reference? Um, oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Interesting. But I, I agree with Andrew. I'm not sure it's going to be consistent yet. I would not okay. make any move to Darwin. I Yeah, I just, I feel like that's a, I feel like it's a, there seems to be a question of like, I'm willing to remake my my starting forwards but you're, to you're, try to accommodate Darwin. More than really? anyone on this podcast, though, you're all about minutes. And I don't know that Darwin's minutes are locked in. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I think, what? yeah, I, no one that started with him, it, it seemed like anyone that started the season with him was doing it on, you know, A, it's it's punty, B, he seems really fun, and C, it's Liverpool, and, you know, if, if he does what we hope he does, then he's going to be, you know, he'll... You know, that talk of, it, will he embarrass his price point, that kind of thing. And I just wonder... Look, like as it we would be sit the, here, FPL is promoting Darwin. The next, so that's the so thing. It's not so a the crazy next question. Well, so then the next, the strategy question is like if you have, like if you have one or two unplayable forwards. So if you've gone budget for, like you know, I think it to back Archer and Greenwood and you know whichever of the you know, whichever of the you know the the four point five strikers. Considering the weeks that Mitrovic and Darwin and Callum Wilson get you a goal, and Patrick Bamford is like a hair away from a goal and an assist mm-hmm. this week, are you willing to reshape to go three playable forwards based on game week one? I know we're not we're trying to not overreact, but I feel like like I would just I said that like I basically to start the season. Don't tell me that there's a that one that uh, whatever setup is not viable. Three forwards, five midfielders, five defenders. Uh, don't tell me that any of those don't work because depending on the formula, they all looked good. Okay. Uh, sure. I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, it's actually really interesting. We have not really too much plugged our Slack workspace and our Patreon tiers, but if you go to FPL America podcast or search for that on the Patreon website, you, you can find how you can become a part of our Slack workspace by donating to our middle tier or our higher tier. It's no different than tipping your barista uh, each month, but but that is an option. And if you were on there, as the season's about to kick off, a bunch of guys posted their lineups. And so you know, a bunch of the, our cast of characters were posting their lineups. And what was really interesting is that everybody was playing a, a 4-5-1 or a 5-4-1. And I, I made the joking comment that you know other podcasts are calling this the year of the forward, and here we are. Our influence is get out of the forward business, right? Yeah. Now, to your point, you're just asking, should you rethink the strategy? Sure, you could. But here's where you're going to get in trouble, I think. If you're going to shift your strategy from week to week, which is literally what we're talking about here, what you're asking, because we've played one game week of matches. If you're going to shift your strategy around, you're going to find that you're, you're chasing – after mirages maybe but what i would say is this is something that happens every year we said this that this would happen so many people are going to be re- and we've done it 
you might, we all ain't sitting in this room might not be doing it right this second. One guy did a little bit, but mainly just because I wanted one guy. But you're, you're rethinking, like, I didn't change my strategy. Yeah. I made moves to get the one guy that I wanted, but I didn't change my strategy. And so wild carding after week one is something that, People, are people doing. have been doing for ages. I think we've probably, in or you get to the first yeah. international break and you're actually hoping, okay, can I make it to the first international break yeah. before I wild card? Those are the thoughts that, like, yeah. like that's going to, you know, like, then at least, Scott, like you would say, you have like four weeks of. If um, you're wild carding, what and, you ask and we've Brian talked about we have an the, extra wild card this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. And, and so if that's, if you're wild, I, I, I would have probably used my wild card, Dave, instead of a negative 12. Uh, maybe. And I might regret that. It was like, again, it was you panic. You still I do it. I, I guess you're right. I guess I still could. If you that. wild card now, even after you've made minus 12, if you click wild card, all of those go into your wild card transfer. You point. would lose nothing. So you, it's still, it's not, it's not insane. It. What I'm saying is, I guess I'm looking at it, so you're playing not just form, you're playing, you're also playing fixtures, and then you're playing the, qual- you know, I think in all of these cases, you're playing the quality of player. I didn't, there's not one person in there. You've seen what we said, you've seen Mitrovic before, Fulham's, Fulham's schedule eases up now. You get, up, you get through that first terrible game, and now they have other matches where they're playable. Bamford plays it's, Southampton. I was going to say, look at Leeds. Look at Leeds next matches. Other than Chelsea, you get Southampton, Brighton, Everton, Brentford, Nottingham Forest. That's your next six matches for Leeds. So, Callum Wilson, I get it. The the it's a mixed bag for Newcastle. However, this is not the same Newcastle that you that you have gotten. It's also early season healthy. Early season healthy. Callum Wilson, exactly. Until he's not. Uh, so Lee, you know, we said Leeds is great. Uh. Even Brentford, like Tony, Tony gets on the score sheet this week. Good on Lee Garen, Stupid who, Lee start, who started with, who started like with the, Ivan Tony. Those two dummies. <laughs> no fear of losing Erickson. It's still they like, still like, you know. Of course, you, you don't like that they had to come back from two 0 down. They were not in the game until they, you know, until a couple of like defensive errors from Leicester. But Manchester United, Fulham, Everton, Crystal Palace, Leeds. The next five for Brentford are matches that you're like, that's yeah. playable. I just, what I'm saying is. I'm not doing it, but I hear your point. Right. If, like, I I'm, just wish I'd had the courage to go with Bamford instead of Jesus. I, I just I wish, know. I well, wish I would have done that. Look, I, I, I talked it up more than anybody else, and then in the end, I went with the masses. And I'm not going to regret it probably in the end. I, but I will say, the way I played FPL for the, for the last two seasons, like two seasons ago, having Bamford was great, it felt right. Last year at forward, I felt like there was a Bamford-shaped hole in my lineup because he was hurt, and now I just now I sit here. I'm just like, man, why didn't I just listen to myself? I just think that if Martinelli doesn't scuff a shot, and you're at least looking at a five for, from Jesus, yeah. I feel like you different. get like a quarter of the transfers yeah. out. It's entirely it is it is a Mitrovic brace that is just completely clouded the minds of everybody and yeah. a Mitrovic brace against Liverpool and so yep. I I just I I do not but, see how you look at those two players as comparable I just feel like the yeah great mojo for both clubs going forward I will just Man. say it's equally likely just as Liverpool seemingly had a letdown coming into the Fulham match it is just as likely that Fulham will have a letdown. Going into game week two. 
just mark it down. It, it's, it's a good point. Real quick, we mentioned Leeds. There's three yep, Leeds exactly. midfield assets I want to mention. Otherwise, we're, we're just morons. Rodrigo Harrison and then the American Brandon Aronson. By the way, I was Those guys. so happy. I was so happy that I went. It's in, it's in Slack. I didn't put it out to the masses or in this podcast feed, but I did put it into Slack. I said, Brendan Aronson is a player. That I'm, and this was before game week one. He's going to be a player I'm probably going to have to talk about at some point this season. He's 5'5". Five, five. Rodrigo Harrison made the who scored. Harrison was doing all the things that say. you want to see from anyone. He technically did not get on the score sheet, but he's he, he is doing all the other stats. And he was active, and he was everywhere. And as long as he's healthy at a 6-0, again, Jack I would have Harrison a Harrison got an assist and got, despite getting a yellow face. card, finishes with two bonus points. Yeah, I'm telling you. Game. I mean, that, he what Jack Harrison did... Most creative player of the week. Created seven chances, two big chances. He would have gotten the assist if Bamford puts that header away. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a Harrison. So, the, so could, that's he's, two assists. He's, yeah, he's, he, and, and at that point, he's on three bonus points. So. Yeah, so I'm just saying, Jack Harrison at 6-0. Rodrigo looked fun. He looked Rafina-ish a little bit. and yeah, then a lucky a lucky goal. And a, great, that, a greatly taken kick for sure but come on anyways i'm just i just want to i think we're, we're if we're not mentioning them we're not doing uh and then i loved um bruno Lage got marched off the pitch that was awesome i don't know what was said there Did, are you aware of that no that there was words i saw that i saw laga was like storming off I oh didn't well see it was a, it was a all all that was said from him was jesse marsh said something that he felt like was inappropriate and then Marsh was giving it to him, he said, Major League Baseball style. Yeah, he as, said as, there are things you don't say. I, you know, he felt like he felt like Jesse oh, Marsh good. crossed the line. The American manager like violates some unwritten rule. Hey, it's nothing one. that you, it's nothing the, you haven't seen from Klopp, Mourinho, Pep. I was going to say, but like, you you got the manager yeah, professionalism afterwards, where he just said credit to the manager. I, you know, it's basically it's it's over. Like it's it's done with. Neither manager. I, 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 big respect to the, to the manager. Yeah. Big respect to the yeah. team. They got the result. We didn't. That was it. I just the, the Robbies were both. Both Robbie Musto and Robbie Earl said, "Good on Jesse Marsh for not backing down." Yeah, they saw it as completely the, the opposite of like just saying, "I don't care what was said." Managers are going to go after each other sometimes. Good on Jesse Marsh for getting right back in his face and, and not letting him just because he's new guy or whatever or American like to, don't let one somebody push you. Around. And of course, Ellen Road loved it. So of course, that's important. Yeah. All right, well, very good. The one we talked before we started recording, you know, the one call that ref, refereeing decision that didn't seem to make much sense was, was in this match. Jose saw. Oh my yeah, gosh, it's pretty crazy how he got away with uh, assault and got nothing for it. <laughs> he did absolute assault. Hey, I have a riddle for you guys. Mm. All right, what's worse than ninety minutes of watching this Everton play this Chelsea? Oh, not much. It was not a good game to watch. One hundred and ten minutes of this Everton against this Chelsea. Yeah, that was not a good. Large game. blocks of stoppage time in both halves for for legitimate reasons. It results yeah. in a one nil win for Chelsea, but it doesn't make you, you still don't feel good about either club. Sterling, I, I know, and Brian, we have one minute before we we need. We're supposed to finish. I know, Ryan, you own Sterling. He was doing all the things you want to see, and he's probably going to be in a fantastic Gosh. game. My guess is my bet would be he's in the top five at midfield of scoring, assuming health the rest of the season. Like Raheem Sterling with Chelsea is going to get his chances for sure. 
scored one. It was chalked off for offside. Somehow gets arm tackled by Decore in the box and gets a foul called on him. <laughs> right. And then at the end of the game, if it's not for you know, if it's not for an unbelievable Mikalenko sliding block, he taps one in. So yeah. he was in the positions to to score. It's exactly that. That's again another football London plug. Like the tactics, like another like screenshot by screenshot to show that tactically they did exactly what they were trying to get to have him make those runs in behind. He was in all of the scoring positions. Feel like really unlucky that he didn't get in there. Uh, but yeah, like do you, I don't I, like again. I'm not you know you don't love. It's not ideal you know, having them to put, you know home against Spurs this week. But I don't. It's not a can't imagine a nil nil draw in that one. It's the way it's it's Reese and Ben Chilwell for Chelsea. That was the one for me that was like Ben Chilwell started. Ben Chilwell started after playing like zero minutes and or like the smallest amount of minutes at the end of those preseason games, thinking like. Well, Alonso's going to probably get the nod until he goes to Barcelona. And it's not. And Ben Chilwell starts. Of course he's the one to draw the penalty that Jorginho scored. You know, of course it's Chilwell that ends up getting all of the, the big points after everybody would have just said, there's no way I'm starting with him. If Ben Chilwell's fit enough to do this, the, the one bad thing is Cucurella came on and looked really good. Of course. So there's real competition there. The, I think the the other the other side of it is like Reese did exactly what Reese James what you would expect that he did. That guy is such a bonus point magnet that the the fact that he got a again another guy that got a yellow card and still ends up with bonus points in the match. He took thirteen corners, and I know part of that was like this, just the the way it played out, the sequence. That's crazy. Of Godfrey and and it was Holgate. It was Mason Holgate. It was like basically yeah. him trying to whip it in near post, and Holgate clearing it back out. And it happened like five times in a row or whatever. <laughs> but still, every time the ball went out on that side, it's Reese taking the corners on that side. I think Chilwell took a couple on the other side, but Reese took a free kick. At least one free kick, yeah, and then he's on all the set pieces, like with Mason Mount out there. Like they have other players who can easily take that, and it is Reese James taking all of those kicks, like, and then he's doing all he's doing normal crossing and normal like defensive tackling and stuff. In in like favorable matchups, Reese James is going to end up with three bonus points every game that the, that mm. the game is close. All right, I'm going to give you guys, before we ask about your captain picks, we already got your transfer news. I've already given you all, all of my transfer news, which is none, and my captain and vice captains. We'll get your captain's picks here in just a second. But finally... You don't care that Connor Cody's going to Everton? I can't. That has to help, right? Well, when I watched Everton in this match, you know, and I saw all their new signings you know, integrated in, I liked it. I liked it. I think Everton are going to be better than last year. Not that that's saying a lot, but... I liked I liked what they did. I think Connor Cody is going to be a great addition. They back need there. they need him, if, yeah, you know, especially with me. And he can if, do if, it, depending on That's what Mina's injury is. They've signed a bunch of guys who can play in the Premier League, and they're going to as long as they absorb in well, which I think they can. Dwight McNeil's going to be good. Cody will be fine, and there's a couple others in there too. It's going to be all right. It's it's just I don't know. It's going to be a up and down season for them. I'm going to give you guys a chance to speak to the last segment of our episode, the Brad Guzan Award for Courage, given out to the goalkeeper who absorbs the most punishment. 
it's it's something that you guys need to vote on. So there's two choices here. The first would be Gavin Bazunu mm-hmm. for Southampton, giving up four goals, still made five saves as well in the loss to Spurs. Or just because of the circumstances, Alphonse Areola at West Ham, who has to come on for the injured Fabianski and doesn't make a single save, in fact, gives up a penalty kick goal to Holland. Uh, I'll let you guys decide which one is more deserving of the Brad Guzan Award for Courage this week. I thought I thought Bazunu. Bazunu was kind of taken. He was, he was the man he under was fire. Assaulted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By soccer balls. All right, yeah. very good. Gavin Bazunu, congratulations for the award no goalkeeper wants. All right, Dave. Yep. Captain pick. Uh, Holland, vice captain, Salah. All right, so you're going to do the thing that is going to be interesting to I see. brought him in. I made some moves. I'm captaining him. You I'm got, going with it. To. I have to. You've got to. Home Brian. to Bournemouth. Yeah, I don't know how I won't. Captain is currently on Holland, but I don't I don't see the Arsenal guys as crazy no. captain choice. Jay, watch Jay-Z's have a hat trick against Leicester. And, yeah, right now, currently, Vice is on uh, Salah. Very good. We will continue to keep our social media channels updated as we get closer to the start of game week two. It's just fun to have matches to be able to talk about again and actual results, actual fantasy points and strategies that's based on reality, not just preseason banter. Uh, It's great to be back into it. Dave, we've arrived. We did it. Hey, it's a fun week one. I think we covered probably most things that we wanted to cover. I know we couldn't get to everything, but good grief, there's just so much. The league's back. And it's fun, again, as always, to do this pod with you gents for the FP America podcast. This is David Smith. Until next time.